Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Yeah, Father God, we pray for a release of hearts and minds, for the breaking down of barriers, strongholds that hold back, hold in, and withhold that which you merit, favour, worth, worship, love. And so we pray this morning, Father God, for the breaking down of dams, banks. We pray for a release of your spirit in and through our hearts and lives and in our town and our city and our area and our nation, Father God, as we pray for a release of your spirit in and through us and amongst us and in our town. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're going to release our children through to Powerhouse this morning and Sparklers. And we thank God for all of those that um, volunteer, that are involved in Powerhouse leading them and Sparklers leading our children. And so let's give them a round of applause this morning as they lead our children and say thank God for you guys in the giving of your time and your energy. And we pray blessing upon our children and our loved ones and our little ones that the youth have gone into Bourne House already. And so we pray this morning you have a, a, a wonderful time together. So welcome. It's good to see you. It's good uh, to be here together. If you're here for the first time, especially special welcome um, to you. We're going to continue a series uh, that we are looking at together, uh, The Heart of Worship. We had, uh, yeah, so you saw, you, saw you, you know, we've sung some songs from worship from the different decades, which is it's fantastic. Um, we uh, had a decade party um, uh, on Friday. Our thanks to Everybody that took part. It's usually this, the, the adage, isn't it? You ask a busy person and then they're the ones that step up and do something. And so we really, we really, you know, thanks to, you know, Mark and Esther for, for preparing food. Andy, Andy Day for putting on that evening and uh, lots of the media. And it was absolutely fantastic for Jordan and Leanne. They, they put on, well, they, just, look, well, I just walked in. Just, just <laughs> Uh, that's uncanny. Jordan and Liam for the, 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 putting together an amazing quiz. Simon and Tracy Austin did the lighting. Uh, it, it, was, it was really you know, brilliant. And uh, our thanks to those folks. We only function as a church and as a community. Uh, we can function with people that, that serve and give their hearts and lives. Uh, without it, we, we, you know, we wouldn't function. So God bless you and thank you so much. Uh, and, and I want to... Um, he won't like me doing this, but it, I saw, I've seen his face, and so I'm going to say, I want to say um, thank you to Clive. Clive, Clive, I, I'm going to put you on the spot, and you won't like this, and I know, but I want, I'm still going to do it anyway. But Clive, stand up, Clive, just for a minute. I want to say thank God for Clive. Clive um, clears away the litter every Sunday morning with a litter picker, and has done. I used to do it up to a, little, a couple of years ago, and Clive does it every, every Sunday morning. And God bless him and thank him. Oh, no, I mean that. So, bless you. Clive, God bless you and thank you. And um, it's amazing. And he goes around with the litter picker 
And uh, because we're a corner site and it gets a bit... But over the weekend, you won't believe what gets thrown over the... What, what I found in the past, thrown over the hedge and, and stuck around in place. So there's loads. You can, you can fill a, a bucket full of more of, of litter and stuff. So God bless you. Thank you so much uh, for doing that. You might, you know, you may walk in and, and not, not notice that, but uh, I can assure you I do. I think God sees that and sees your heart, Clive. So God bless you. Thank you so much. So I want to read. Um, so I feel convicted. I feel so convicted. I'm, I'm going back to... The paper version. Yeah, I know. I've gone retro. I've gone retro, so I'm reading the, 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 the Bible, and uh, I just think, I've got, although I've got my phone on, up, up on the stage as a timer, I've got, I spend too much time on, on my phone, so I wanted to, to go back to, to, read, to reading the Bible this way. So, hey-ho, so here we go. So, uh, Isaiah, I want to just look this morning at, at um, taking a few moments. We're going to look at restoring wonder. In worship, we're going to just take a few moments to look at the theme of restoring wonder in worship, and I'm going to look at Isaiah chapter six. So, if you have a Bible, uh, the, the 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 original retro version is fantastic. So, you might want to turn to it. If you want to just listen, that's that's okay as well. You can do that. If you want to turn to it on your tablet, on your phone. That's that's okay as well. So, whatever is the best for you. And uh, we're going to look at uh, Isaiah chapter 6. I'm reading from the New King James. It's a sort of a modernised version of the, of the King James, and I, I quite like it. So Isaiah chapter 6, here we go, verses 1 to 9. And for some of us, it may be quite a familiar passage, and to others, not quite so much. But it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful passage. So in, in chapter 6, verse 1 reads, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe to me. This is what Isaiah said when he saw God. Woe to me, for I am, it says in my translation I've got, undone. Could also mean destroyed. I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged, cleaned, dealt with. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us. And then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people, Here I am, send me. So uh, there's a man 
a great writer, a theologian and thinker by the name of G.K. Chesterton. And uh, he, he, he said something about the theme of one, on the theme of wonder. He said this, We are perishing for lack of wonder, not lack of wonders. Interesting. He was a great, great writer and observer of life and trends and, uh, and spiritual insight. And I'll say it again. He said this, We are perishing, human race, uh, for lack of wonder, not lack of wonders. You know, we all, we, all of us would say we need a miracle. We need, you know, we need a, we need one, we need a wonder. We need, but, but G.K. Chesterton said, we, we, perhaps we perish more from, from a lack of wonder. Uh, we're going to look at that for a few moments this morning. I, I, I would want to add to that my own, for what it's worth, which isn't probably very much, but my own two pennyworth. And it's this, I'd add to what G.K. Chesterton said, and who could add to G.K. Chesterton, but if we can restore wonder in worship, then I'd say we seed wonders. You and I will see wonders. I'd add to this, this is what I would say. If you and I can restore a sense of wonder in our worship of God, then I, I, I think that you and I will see wonders in our lives and through our lives. And so that's what I want to take up just for the next few moments. So it all will be revealed as we go on. So Isaiah 6, um, verses 1 to 9. If I give you the context of, of when it was, at the time it was being written and what was going on, it, it says that in the year that King Uzziah died, Uzziah was a very good king. He followed on from a lot of bad kings in um, the southern kingdom of Judah in, in Israel at that time. Uh, something like in sort of something like 700 and 740 BC, something like that. This would be 740 years before Jesus. And um, King Uzziah had, had, was credited as being a king. Uh, as a young man, he, he became king of Judah, of the southern kingdom of, of Israel. And uh, he lived a life that honoured God. In his early days, he, he restored worship of God. He had a sense of the awe and wonder of God in his life. And it's accredited of Uzziah he was, he, stopped, he was a good king. And God honoured him. Because he honoured God, God honoured him. And he saw wonderful things happen in his reign. He, he was able to, he built a huge and powerful army. Uh, it was, Israel at that time reached, the southern kingdom reached a great pitch at that time. He built a powerful army of over 300,000 strong. He built, rebuilt fortifications. He built cities. His building programme was, was second to none at that time. He increased the revenue. He became very rich, and the revenue of his kingdom was, was known throughout the sort of eastern part of the world at that time. This was only for a season, but during his reign. He became respected by other world leaders and other kings of the day. This was only a small kingdom, but, it, but places like Egypt and Syria and Assyria gave a sense of respect to him because of the sort of honour and the prestige and his wisdom. And, 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 the, and the, So this was a golden period of time for the, the southern kingdom because he honoured God. And I would say because God was with him. And in his life, he saw wonderful things happen. But a problem occurred. Um, he didn't finish so well. As he started and continued to live, towards the latter part of his life, he didn't finish well. And, the, and if you read um, 2 Chronicles and you read about his life, you'll find that with Uzziah, he became quite proud in the latter part of his life. He, it, there's something about finishing well as a Christian. You can start off really good. You can continue. You can go back. But... but you know, many years to come. 
I, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I want, when I appear before Jesus, that he'll say to me, you finished well. Not, not, not so much how I started and what I've done, but, and, but with Uzziah, he, he didn't finish so well. Towards the end of his reign, he became very proud of what he'd achieved. Pride kicked in. He began to forget God. He lost, he lost his sense of awe and wonder of God. And so pride kicked in. And you'll read of an account of Uzziah where he goes into the temple and, and, and brings the sacrifice himself. He, he actually brings the very sacrifice himself. And what happens is that the, the priests say, only the priest should be doing this. Only the priest brings sacrifice. And um, he's, he becomes so proud of his own achievements. That, and, and so what happens, he, he gets, he, he's struck down with an illness. He, he has leprosy and, and he, he, he dies that bit earlier. And it's because he became proud of his achievements uh, and began to sort of do you know, his own things. He, he forgot God in his life. He, he lost that sense of awe and honour of God in the very centre of his heart and life. And that's easy to do. It's easy to do, but to become captured by the, the age that we live in, isn't it? The things of this age, the things of our world. It's not wrong to have things. It's when things have us, isn't it? You'll hear it said again and again. It's not wrong to have stuff in your life. It's when those things have you and I. And, and, and it's easy to begin to forget God, to, to not put God at the very centre of our lives. And, and, and I don't know about you, but it's not always shiny and new. Things don't feel always shiny as a Christian. And I don't know about you, but when I first became a Christian, that first week as a Christian, it's as if the lights got switched on. The sky was bluer. Everything seemed brighter. And it wasn't. It was the same. But I just saw everything for what it was and as it is created by God. And for, I was forgiven by God. And there, there, but it is, as time goes by, those things can get clouded, jaded. I can begin to lose track. I can begin to lose the pace, of, as it were. And, and it's keeping that sense of, of awe, of wonder of God. Have you ever seen a little child? When a, when a child gets to the sort of that toddler age of two, two and a half, three, two and a half, three, in their developmental and, and their brain is developing and they're discovering life. Uh, everything is wonderful. In, in, I, I've spoken on this in the past, so I'm not, but, but um, Jesus talks about how, how you and I uh, to enter the kingdom like children, little children. Blessed are those that you know, enter the kingdom like little children. There's something about, about the, the, the childlike wonder of everything's amazing. And so when a toddler, two and a half, three, three-year-old, sees a flower or, or, or a spider, might be a bit scared of a spider sometimes, but, but a, or an ant or, a, or, or, or a, a butterfly or whatever it might be, it's, it's, everything's wow. It's, it's, it's sort of, and, and they'll even get down and, on their knees and look at it and sort of thing, whereas you and I would just walk by and not, not even probably see anything. It, that's wonder. You know, we can just walk by with God, can't we? You, you, you can walk through the door and not see the litter because Clive's picked it up. <laughs> but you can walk past some things, can't we? And you just don't see it. And, and it can be like that with God. It can be, but you, you would pinch yourself and say, how can it be like that with the creator of the universe? How? If the creator of the universe knows me by name, how can I just walk on by? Because that's, we're, we're made a clay. We... We, we sin, we, we, we get used to stuff. So there's something has to happen in my heart and your heart when I do get used to stuff that I've got stirring up again. That's what I'm saying. Not beat ourselves up, 
but, but be aware, just be, to be aware. And so there is this beautiful thing with childlike wonder. And Jesus speaks about childlike wonder and, and faith and trust of God and love for God. And that's, that's what I think I believe he's getting at. You know, wonder, if you, if you define wonder, it, it has an idea of being exciting, um, amazed admiration. So a child has amazed admiration for an ant. Uh, my grandson Luca would ladybirds. Everything was ladybird. He went for a stage around about two, two and a half. Ladybird, ladybird. It was wow, wow, ladybird. So there's this amazed admiration. So when we speak about wonder of God, it's an amazed admiration of God, an amazed admiration of Jesus, an amazed admiration of the Holy Spirit. Wonder, it, it, it has an idea of a definition, rapt attention. Having a rapt attention. I'm enthralled, captured, captivated, astonished. Now, look, look, it's not going to be like that, I get that, 24-7, until we see Jesus face to face. When we see perfect, the perfect. When we see Jesus face to face, there will be, we will be in a state of rapt attention. You look at throughout the book of Revelation. Paul the Apostle, when he speaks to the Corinthians, he says, we know in part, now we see in part, but there will come a time when we will see everything as it truly is. He speaks in 1 Corinthians 13. He speaks about love and there's the passing nature of this world. And he's speaking about that moment of enthralled rapture when we see Jesus face to face and we live with him face to face. But here on earth... There is a walk and we're invited to enthralled rapture, to wonder and to see him as he reveals himself to you and I. How beautiful is that? How amazing is that? And that's something that we stir and can stir in our hearts and our minds. It's, it's, it's an idea of astonished by something that's new. There's something of the unknown, the mystery. And with God, that he is so great, so vast, that we can never know everything about him. I've been a Christian nearly 40 years. I do not know, almost, I would say, diddly squat of the Bible. I've, I've been to Bible college for, for three years, full-time study for three years. I've been looking and studying the Bible for over 40 years. And, and I feel there's so much more to know. There is a sense of the mysterious wonder of God. If we think you know it all, I speak to some Christians and they just know it all. They know about revival, they know about the Bible, they know what I'm not doing right and what should be done. We know, and I don't say this disparagingly, almost diddly squat of a speck of who the knowledge of God. How beautiful, how majestic, how awesome, how amazing, how great is our wonderful creator that he should call you and I by name. That he wants and has an interest in your life when he has an interest in the whole of the universe, all that is created. He's interested in you and I by name. It's incredible. And there's something when you just think about that that fills me with awe. And that's probably the key. The key is to position ourselves, get ourselves in a place to see him afresh so that we might know that awe, that wonder, have a restoration of the astonished, amazed admiration of God again in our lives. The wonder of God enthralls us, it excites us, it enlivens us. Enthrall means to be captured, our attention. Excite to be stirred, enlivened, it becomes more vivid, we become awakened. 
And lots of, I hear lots of people want to speak about revival. We need a revival. We need a restoration of wonder. We need to be enlivened, to become vivid again. When I first became a Christian, everything looked brighter and shinier. It was vivid because my spirit had been excited. Born again. When you're born again, you're, the, the lights come on. Our spirits are forgiven, renewed. And that sense of excited awe, enlivened, enthralled. And so I do find that G.K. Chesterton's quote is so true for us today that we are in danger, not for more wonders, but a sense of wonder. And we would probably see more wonders if we could restore that sense of wonder. So look, there's three simple things that we can see from um, Isaiah chapter 6, and I want to move on swiftly uh, just to, to look at those. Three things to restore wonder in worship. So three simple things. Number one, it, and it's not going to appear on the screen. Uh, this morning I, did, I, didn't, I didn't want to do that. I thought I'd do something different for a change. So, uh, so, so the, the first thing is this. It says there, look at this in verse 5. It says of uh, Isaiah, I saw the Lord. Three simple ways of restoring wonder in worship. Number one is this. It says, I saw the Lord. And uh, so, so Isaiah was at the temple. He put himself in a position. He was in a position to see and hear. And you and I in our lives have got to place ourselves in a position to see and hear God. You cannot microwave his presence. You know, 30 seconds, ding! Oh, glory. It doesn't work like that. We've got to put ourselves in a position, a place a place in our lives to see and hear God. And, and, and that's forming a rhythm, a routine, a rhythm of life where we come back to him again and again and say, God, I'm here. This is my heart. This is my life. You know, my, my week has been engulfed. I, I'm, my soul is downcast. Isaiah's soul would have been downcast because Isaiah, Uzziah, it was the year that King Uzziah died. A good king tragically blew it toward the end of his reign and now the throne was empty, the earthly throne, but Isaiah positions him in himself because his heart was downcast. The throne was empty earthly, but he has a vision of the heavenly throne full. And you and I need that. When Esther was sharing this morning that spirit, we need a spirit, a release, the Holy Spirit afresh. We, we, we have to, we, but to know that, we have to position ourselves to be in a place in our hearts and minds that we're ready for, for him. And so he, he was at the temple. I don't know where you are, where you're at. You know, we say, where are you at in your life right now? Nothing to do with me. You're, you're, you don't have to say anything to me. Where are you and I at in your life? Where are you at? Isaiah was at the temple. At that moment, it was, it was doom. A, a good king, a great king, who tragically didn't finish quite so well. The throne was empty. It's important that we realise that. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, it was, it was doom and gloom, it felt like. And yet he positioned himself. He didn't allow, he was, he was at the temple. And in that position, his, there was, his posture was this. He, he was at a place, I think if he was at the temple, even if he was downcast, he was at a place of worship. Please do not confuse being really happy with being at worship. You can be downcast and you're, 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 you position yourself to be towards God and you're saying, this is my life. Well, that's you worshipping. It, it is exciting when we're, we're excited and we're alive and, and we're all happy when we worship. But, but if you and I, if you're not feeling so good today, but you're saying to God, 
I bring you my life. You're worshipping. You are, you're giving your heart and life to God. That's good news because you're positioning yourself. When you position yourself, you're in a place to know his presence. If we do not position ourselves, and so we see, we see of Isaiah, he, he positioned himself and then his posture was to worship. It's doom and gloom. Isaiah's died. The throne is empty. What about our kingdom? What's going to happen in our world? He was the one only good king who blew it near the end and all the others had been terrible. But he's positioning himself, saying, but my, I'm, I'm, at the t- I'm, I'm open to you, God, and for you and I to do the same. And it was at that point that, you know, it's when we position ourselves that we go from a glance to a gaze. I've spoke about this a lot in the past, but, you know, we can glance at God, but Jesus wants us to fix our attention on him, fix our eyes. Paul says, fixing our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, run the race. And so you find that when you position, you put yourself in a place, you say, God, this is my life, and you keep coming back and doing that day after day. We have a a rhythm of that coming before God. You find that you go from just glancing in your life at God to seeing him, to fixing, to gazing. And when you begin to do that, it's at that point that you often will get a revelation or God will show himself to you. It's our position will know his presence. And this is exactly what happens. Look at this. He sees God in a fresh revelation. He said he was high and lifted up. His throne, his, 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 his um, train filled the temple. There was, there, there, there was a cry of holy, holy is the Lord. It was majestic. It was, it was awesome. It was, there was a sense of wonder, of rapt awe, of attention, of being enthralled by the presence and wonder of God. Isaiah gets a revelation. And boy, do we need a fresh revelation, the church today in the 21st century and our nation. And, and this is what happens. And so he sees, and he, so he sees the uh, earthly um, throne is empty, but Jesus, we know, is seated on the throne. The throne is full. I don't know, but when the world unravels around us, God is on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. You might feel that your life is unraveling and your life feels like an empty but God is on the throne. We need a sense of seeing him afresh in our hearts and in our lives. He says, I saw the Lord. And so for you and I, we've got to place ourselves. The second, the second um, uh, thing, he says, and then he says something which is quite, quite, quite amazing. In verse five, you'll read it there. It says, so I said, woe to me, for I am undone. Woe to me, for I am am undone. In, in the footnote in my Bible, it says uh, the word undone means destroyed. Another translation will say ruined. I've seen the Lord and I now feel ruined. I'm unraveling. I'm undone. I would say this, praise makes room for God because it empties us of ourself and allows us to be full of him. We begin to see ourselves for who we really are Less of self, more of him. There is such a danger today that we, Isaiah thought it was all down to him, the king. He started so well, he thought all this power and prestige was him, him, him. How tragic. And, and Isaiah now sees it's not down to him, it's all down to God. And whoa, I'm undone. It's incredible. And we need that type of vision for our hearts and lives today. You know, in, it, it's very often it, when we feel that we're a point of breakdown, that you will experience a breakthrough. 
I've seen this again and again in my life, in the life of church, in the life of family. When we come before God, Isaiah says, I'm undone. And yet he sees this majestic King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, the fire of God uh, shows us who we are, but then he comes and cleanses us and shows us who we can be. With Isaiah, he says, woe to me, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Look at my life, God. Forgive me. And then it says that the, the seraphim touches his lips with a hot coal and cleanses him and says, you are healed. You are forgiven. How great is that? He's touched and cleansed by the fire. It's the fire of God shows us for who we truly are. When we come into the presence of God, if you truly come into the presence of God and don't have just good, good singing time, if you, when we, you and I truly come into the presence of God, we find that we are the light, the bright, the fire of God shows me up for who I really am. Woe to me. And yet that fire of God cleanses me and shows me the man and woman that I can become. He touches his lips with a hot coal. I know we're speaking about the Old Testament here. In the, in the New Testament, we have the cleansing grace of Jesus' death and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit comes and touches our hearts and our lives. How beautiful is that? But he cleanses us all the same. And you and I need that, that, I, that I, am, I am ruined type of moment. It's not me, it's you. I love the, the song Majesty. The, 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 the chorus, the line goes like this. Here I am. Humbled by your majesty, covered by your grace, so free. Here I am. Listen, the words speak the truth of scripture. Knowing I'm a sinful man, covered by the blood of the lamb. Majesty, your grace has found me just as I am. Empty-handed, but alive in your hands. Beautiful, beautiful song, which echoes Isaiah's experience of the wonder and encountering God. We, we sung it week after week, probably. And don't, we don't realise the, the impact of those incredible words. Uh, humbled by your majesty, knowing I'm a sinful man. This is exactly what Isaiah... We, there's a sense of, it's not all down to me. There's such a sense and danger that we become so taken up with the age in which I live and, and become intoxicated by that. And you've got to do better. And, you've got to be, and you're this and that. And, and before we know it, we, we can put a distance. There's a spiritual distance between us and God. Our, our minds become fogged. Our hearts become come held in and held back. We, we need a breaking free, a releasing with a sense of awe and wonder of who God is, who I truly am, and how amazing he is that he forgives me and heals me through his son, Jesus Christ, and releases me in the power of his Holy Spirit. We need God to touch us with a hot coal, as it were, from his love and presence and touch our hearts and our lives. Thirdly and finally, verse 8. There's an incredible turnaround and a most amazing response. An, an incredible turnaround in this man's life and, in, and, a, and a beautiful, amazing response. He goes from saying, I am ruined, I'm destroyed, I'm undone, to a revelation of who he really is, but yet the, receiving the revelation, there's a receiving of forgiveness, right? And he, so he goes, I'm undone. And in that, that, that moment, I don't know how long it was in that. And then when God says, who will go for me? He then says this, here I am, send me. He goes from being ruined to released. Isn't that incredible? It's absolutely amazing. It's a beautiful picture. Now this might take months, maybe years in my life. 
Or it might be in a, a moment of encounter, just that one moment that we might see him face to face. I don't know. But you see this sense of ruin to release. And it's, it's, it's revelation of the wonder. Apt, rapt admiration. The mystery of God's forgiveness in our hearts and in our lives. And he says, send me. You know, um, he becomes energized. The, the fire fuels his heart and his life. And so he says, here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. Send me, oh God. I don't know about you, but I, I, I just feel that for the church in general, for my life and your life, there needs to be a restoration of wonder for you and I today so that we might experience that sense of rapt attention, that we might know um, his heart and heartbeat, that we might be cleansed by the fire of his love. Our God is a consuming fire, he's holy, and yet there's a fire of great passionate love for you and I, that he would send his one and only son, that we might not perish. How incredible is that today? We know we need a release of that fire of God in our hearts and minds, that we might then say, going from being full of ourselves to full of him, from being ruined to being totally released. How awesome, how wonderful is that? And that can happen within a twinkling of an eye. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Let's pray. Shine, Jesus, shine. We're not going to sing that again, by the way. But um, Shine, Jesus, Shine was released by Graham Kendrick in the 80s. Wasn't it? If you remember, you're a Christian at that time. And it came with the season of the Holy Spirit where people of God said, send us out, Lord. Send us out. Send us out. It was a, a, a season of marches for Jesus, prayer walks, Jesus on the streets, People standing up, stepping out. It, it, it was, uh, you know, when, when you look at it, and, and the words, as Jordan said, they are amazing words. They were a revelation at the time. We need a fresh revelation, church, don't we? Today, we need a fresh, the, uh, in our day, we need a fresh revelation. We need to step up and step out. Send me, Lord. But it comes with fresh revelation. I don't know about you, but I pray for a fresh revelation of Jesus in my heart and life, which is such that it works. And you know when you, when you, when you, when you have a, a fresh revelation of Jesus, it, wonder works because it, com- it culminates with you and I saying, here I am, send me. It doesn't culminate me going out the door saying, oh, that was all right, that was, a nice, nice day of, that was a nice day of singing today, that was a nice day of worship, or that was a decent message, or that was a good day at church. It culminates with me saying, here I am, send me. It becomes so personal. It becomes so life-changing, heart-gripping. Oh, my word. Holy Spirit, grip our hearts today. Father God, we love you and thank you. We thank you for the believers of the past. Thank you for people like Graham Kendrick, who, who as, a, as a worship leader, stepped up and stepped out. And, and we think of the marches for Jesus, where, where tens of thousands would actually you know, um, not be ashamed. And there was a real spirit of life and declaration and a prophetic release at that time in the 1980s. Um, You know, many, I I became a Christian in the early 1980s. There was a real prophetic release on the nation. And Father, we pray for a fresh prophetic release upon our nation and upon your church. 
of a stepping up and stepping out. We pray for a restoration of wonder this morning, Lord God. Oh Lord, my heart, my life, my mind, my emotions, my family, my home, my church, our city, our town, our nation. Oh Lord, would you come, Holy Spirit, have mercy on our soul. If I've just walked by, if I've become used to you, if my life has become crowded with so much other stuff, forgive me, God. I come before you this morning and say, I'll give you my life afresh. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my mind. I give you my soul. I pray for the people, Father God, that are hurting this morning. And pain, pain has, has, has paused their praise. Not for any bad reason, but because they're worried, they're hurting, they're disillusioned. I pray this morning that you, Father God, will speak Words of love, words of comfort, words of hope, and that you will come with a hot burning coal, a, coaling, a burning coal of passion, of love, of healing and forgiveness, and touch our lips and touch our hearts and touch our minds and touch our lives this morning, Lord Jesus, we pray. For we need you, oh Holy Spirit, need you more today than ever. In your name we pray. Amen.